0: My friends, and welcome to the Experience Our Industry podcast. I am Dr. Brian Greenwood, and I am super excited today to be here with a 2011 graduate of our program, Anna Swanson. Hi, Anna. Hello. Great to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you. I'm so excited. Uh, You know it's it's always it's always fun for me to to talk to former students and um and I uh, we we exchanged a little bit um beforehand before before we went live with the podcast i'm i'm excited to talk to anna because anna is um a long time now. You know, back in my day, Anna, when we said a long time employee of somewhere, that was like 25 years, right? But um, <laughs> right. <laughs> but Anna is currently a senior account manager with George P. Johnson Experience Marketing, and um, as uh, veterans, uh, veteran listeners of the podcast and people who are associated with our program know. George P. Johnson has been just a wonderful partner over the last 20 years and um, has employed more of our students, uh, more of our graduates than, than um, I would say any other company. And so it's super exciting to, to get to talk to you and to hear about um, all that you're doing, the exciting stuff that you guys are doing there at, at uh, GPJ. Um, let's go back a little bit though, Anna, um, where are you from originally?
1: Um, I am originally from the Central Valley, uh, so Stockton uh, proper, and my parents still live there, and my grandmothers both live there, so we uh, we spend a lot of time there on the holidays. I'm looking forward to getting back there here shortly.
0: Right on. Um, St- I, I've never heard it referred to as Stockton proper. I like that. That sounds like... <laughs> That sounds very very aristocratic uh, it's uh,
1: I, definitely not the intention
0: <laughs> <laughs> i hear you i hear you yeah you know um stockton has had some um has had some really uh cool things happen over the last uh 10 to 15 years haven't they in terms of like um being more progressive and in, in trying to build the the city um isn't that where the mayor like a pretty progressive mayor is is that right? Yes.
1: Um, yeah. So um, we had Michael Tubbs uh, as oh. our mayor for, for quite some time. I actually went to high school with him. No um, way. So, yes. Uh, so we were in the um, IB program, International Baccalaureate program in Stockton together. Oh. Um, and so, yeah, he, he's done a lot of really um, interesting infrastructure stuff. Um, there's a great HBO documentary actually about the city and about him. Um, if anyone is interested in learning more. Um but
0: yeah, yeah, tell us the been, name. do you know the name of that
1: documentary? Um I can't recall off the top of my yeah. head. Um, no, we can just but it it's very it's it's very good. Um and they basically, you know, wanted to help create some universal income um for some of the uh Stocktonians who uh were in kind of dire straits. And right. um just it's really it's a really interesting way to to just see how. Someone's attacking a problem because you know Stockton had bankruptcy, uh-huh. um, and you know, kind of had a a few dark days there. And just kind of to see a new, um, you know, way of looking at it and problem solving. I think you know it's something that even as event pl- as event planners, especially, we can appreciate that you yeah. need to have uh, some some different views and some different ways to to figure stuff out. So yeah, definitely would recommend. Apologies that I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, but it's a great it's a great documentary for sure
0: that's cool that's awesome well um what what did your what did your parents do when you were growing up there in stockton?
1: Um so my father uh, was a firefighter um actually a long lineage there. My grandfather, my dad, my uncle, and now my younger brother um are all firefighters and okay. um, and we were really lucky to um grow up with our mom um, staying at home so um she was a big part of our life and actually my dad, you know, working as a firefighter, um, they're working 24 or 48 hour shifts, but then they're there for, you know, two or four days, um, when they're off. So we, we right. had a lot of, a lot of awesome experiences with our family growing up. We had a little bit different, um, schedule, but right, uh, we have a ton of, ton of great memories.
0: Oh, I bet. I bet. That's uh that's awesome. You know, we, we share that my mom, um, my mom was a stay at home mom as as well. Um let's uh l- let's talk, let's talk a little bit about um young Anna. So what what were you what were you <laughs> like uh, growing up? What were you into? Were you uh drama, art, sports? Uh, what what was your what was your jam?
1: Um I wasn't uh exceedingly blessed in the athleticism department, um, okay. but I did. <laughs> Um, I did do dance while I was growing up, um, and then in high school moved over to water polo. Kind of found my calling there. I think oh, when cool. when you didn't have to worry about falling on the ground, uh, it was a bit of a game changer
0: for me. <laughs> I, <laughs> um, love, I love that. Uh, now I should have asked: Did you have brothers and, and sisters? I, I think I heard you say minton brothers and sisters. Did
1: I do. Yeah, I have a younger brother um, who is the firefighter. He also played water polo. Um, so we both. of found our our niche there. Um and then I was really we were really creative. That was really we were, you know, both in drama. Um we, you know, loved music. Before I went to college, I was considering um going to fit 'em. That was one of the places that I was thinking of and wanted to really be a fashion designer. Um and you know something just called me Mm -hmm. in another direction. But yeah, we were very artsy, I would say. Growing
0: right. up, right now, do you do you remember? Do you have a favorite part uh, that you played? That you played? That you can remember?
1: Um, actually, I know off the top of my head pretty quickly. I was in Greece in high school,
2: nice. um,
1: and I I can't sing. Like I, I mentioned, love the arts, just not <laughs> super talented. Um, but right. so I got the role of Patty Simcox, which was like the most lines without having to sing. So <laughs> that one was, a uh, uh, that was just really fun. And I think that was probably the last like musical or, or play that I participated in. Um, cause yeah. I, I, I kind of knew I wasn't going to do it in college. So I think it was just a really fun, you know, Greece is an awesome show and very high energy. And I think it was kind of like my victory lap, so to speak of right. high school drama. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right, I love it. Well, we have we have some similarities there as well because I cannot sing, and uh, and and my last uh, my last part was as a uh, Bill Sykes in Oliver, and um, even though Bill Sykes does sing, uh, he he's kind of gruff, and so I was able to kind of gruff it, you know, like. Um, <laughs> yeah. and tremble when they hear it you know that side of that sort of thing <laughs> that's so great <laughs> yeah so we both went out on top and I love it <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome so let's uh let's talk about like um uh in terms of uh, of thinking about a career right so you said that you um were interested in fashion design so is that the when, when you think about your dream job growing up as as a kid, was that what you always kind of envisioned?
1: It was that and, you know, dancing and singing and being a movie star, which is so funny because I, one of the things I, I dislike the most about my job, I think is the, the public speaking speeches, you know, being the center of attention. So something happened um, right. as I kind of grew up. But oh. uh, yeah, I just, I like to entertain um, and I like to be creative and, you know, colorful and, you know, the drawing aspect and the creation aspect was something that was um, always super interesting to me. But, you know, when you're when you're 18 and push comes to shove, you know, that was going to be a very different experience than going to a four year college, which is kind of something my parents had always uh, been they'd been strict growing up and it was kind of with this carrot of if you get into a good college, we'll leave you alone and you can start to spread your wings. And so I think that was kind of what, uh, Luckily, it kind of put me back on on the path of of going to a four year university and and eventually finding kind of stumbling into a major that was exactly what I wanted um, and right. getting really lucky there.
0: <laughs> right. Well, let's let's talk about that. Good segue. Let's talk about that stumbling into a good college. Uh, so, um, how did you? Um, I mean, obviously, Cal Poly and uh, in, and in Stockton are, are in California, but um, there's usually a connection um, to a school. In In some way shape or form so tell us about that process and how um how you got connected to Cal Poly or how you found out about Cal Poly
1: yeah so um my my parents were great um I think it was probably the summer between my sophomore and junior year and we did a road trip you know to just all all the universities that I could possibly be interested in in California um and I kind of was thinking about this the last week or so uh we would go, you know, if we went to LA for whatever reason, we'd be driving. And so we'd always drive past Cal Poly. And my dad would tell me, oh, there's where Cal Poly is. And I remember when I was younger, you know, we would never stop. So it was just this sign, this exit on the freeway. And Mm. I, I'd be like, well, that place doesn't like it's next to a freeway. Like what, what's so great about Cal Poly? Like I never (laughs) thought anything of it. Right. And then they, you know, we took we took the exit when we were starting to look at colleges. And I just got there and I remember um like stepping out like where the parking lot used to be, which is now all I think freshman dorms. Yeah. <laughs> I saw the last time I was down there.
0: Yeah, <laughs> um, really awesome freshman dorm. Yeah. <laughs> <Yaki-take> <laughs> like,
1: yeah, Way to go, guys. Um <laughs> but yeah, so it was a parking lot and we got out and I looked around and I was like, this is where I want to go to school. And I had a lot of really great things happen that aligned to make that happen for me. There was a major that I was interested in, you know, there um, I did have a friend who uh, was a family friend who went there. So I got to go and like do a freshman weekend with her and kind of see, you know, what the social life was like. And I think, uh, you don't realize when you're 18 years old or I was probably 16 or 17 at that time. how, how much the homey feeling is what draws you to a place too. you know, you're so excited to start being independent and on your own. And then when it really starts to take shape, you know, there's, there's such a need for that feeling of just, this is, this is the place I need to be. This feels like being at home. This makes me feel comfortable. And I think that was the biggest driving factor. And again, I just feel really lucky because a lot of other things went right. To kind of push me to the end of that that experience, and have I can't say more good things about Cal Poly and my college experience. So got super lucky there, but followed my gut.
0: I love it. I love it. Well, what about the major? You know, um, recreation, parks, and tourism administration. Um, it's it's uh, you know pretty far from firefighting. Uh, did, did, uh, <laughs> yes. Did uh, what did what did your uh, mom and dad think about about the major? How did you find out about the major? That sort of thing.
1: So I actually, my cu- my cousin, uh, who I grew up with, is about eight years older than me. So um, before I was even really looking at at colleges, she was already going through. She went to Sac State. She was in her graduation. And uh, they started announcing they had, I, I think, almost identical uh, major, Recreation Parks Tourism Administration.
2: Right.
1: And people were getting their degrees and, you know, all the parents were like recreation wow somebody really uh tricked the system here how did these kids all figure this out and <laughs> my you know just you know all in jest of course but That's it cool. was new it wasn't something that was around when my my parents and aunts and uncles were graduating um and my mom actually started looking it up and she's like I think this is something you you should probably look into a little bit more um and I did and it was just you know it's I looked at every everything in the description and I was like, this just sounds so cool. Like there's nothing in here that I am dreading or not wanting to do. Um, And, you know, I don't think we give ourselves enough credit because when you feel like that, you think it's easy or something. And you feel like that means you should be looking for something more challenging or harder. And I think in that instance, when you're figuring out what you could potentially be doing for the rest of your life, like it's important to go for the thing that sounds, Cool and fun and interesting and exactly um, and it it, it's because it's something that that you're drawn to, not because it's less challenging than anything else. And so I think that is something that I would have told myself back then, because you know we're it's an engineering school and there's a lot of very smart people at Cal Poly, but they're all smart in different ways. And Mm, you know there's the skill set of someone in RPTA was not any uh lesser than any of those people it's just very different and you just got to follow who you are and what you know and um I learned just so much in that major and I mean one of the best ways to learn by doing is doing something in this field so we were (laughs) set up
0: Yeah, we kind of have a natural advantage there because, uh, it is a, it is a very applied field and, and I definitely hear you and, and, um, and appreciate what you just reflected on because, you know, I think we all, you know, for me, um, I was, um, I was in my, both of my graduate degrees are, are recreation parks and tourism related, but, but also sport management and sport management is, is a similar thing. You know, it's like, it's that, that aspect of doing something that you really love and care about, but then, you know, when you're in an academic environment, you always have this element, um, or I've always kind of felt this element, like I had to prove myself, you know, when I was sitting in the Mm -hmm. room with an, with an engineer, I had to prove myself that I, this sport guy, right, um, is uh, at least partially knows what he's talking about, you know, and so, uh, so I think there's this element and I see our students um, and I know you were one of those that, that just get, get so involved and, in um in doing things and professional development um while they're on campus so let's um let's talk a little bit about that like you think about your time at cal poly um this is a two-part question in terms of memories um is there um like this enduring memory that sticks out of something that that you did while you were here um and also is there a professional development opportunity that you took advantage of that that you looking back you 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 think to yourself, wow, that really helped me grow as a professional?
1: Um, Yeah, so I have been thinking kind of of just, you know, uh, memory lane, and all of the awesome things that I experienced and memories I have um, while I was at Cal Poly and San Luis Obispo for those four years. Uh, But I think it really is, is kind of the small, like, almost, seemingly insignificant memories that were really impactful. I think, uh, you know, when you start to drive back to school, and you feel like you're going home instead of vice versa, and when you have to do your first holiday, um, you know, at school, because it's Easter Sunday, and you're not going to be able to get back for your class in time, and you have, you know, a group of people that you're celebrating those holidays with, like those, those little moments of, of truly becoming independent and, you know, starting to kind of create the foundation of your life as an adult moving forward, I think were the ones that I cherish the most. And I think, you know, they, they're not in the front of my mind on a regular basis. It's kind of just like these little memories that pop up and uh, kind of getting to that, that slowly getting to that point where by the time you're graduating, even if you feel terrified and like you're in no way equipped, like you have been teaching yourself over the course of these four years, how to become an adult and, and start to go into the real world. And I think, you know, it it wasn't one big thing for me. It was kind of those little realizations that you're, you're starting to form your own life, which is an amazing thing. And I think often overlooked um, while you're in college and, you know, you're trying to make the most of it and have a great time, but you're also really stressed out because you're going to have to decide what you're going to do for the rest of your life. And, uh, you can kind of skim over, over those moments, but, um, you know, you are creating your, your life and your destiny. And it's those little things I think that are really significant. Um, and then I think in terms of professional development, uh, the, the thing that I think was the most beneficial for me was that I I was in very different kinds of social situations. You know, I joined I joined a sorority, which um, you know, when you look back, really is helpful for preparing you for the job market and interviews and networking and being professional and polished. Um, and I was involved in the RPTA uh, club, which was also amazing because I was with very like-minded people and had an opportunity to talk to people who, you know, RPTA. though it is kind of a smaller major on campus, there are so many ways you can take that degree and run with it that it can be overwhelming. Um, And I think, you know, having that outlet of people that were in that same umbrella and finding out where they wanted to take that degree and where they wanted to take their future um, really helped, see what all the possibilities were mm-hmm. um and kind of rethink as we were moving along. I think I started out um actually it with sports management being what I wanted to concentrate on. Right. Um because I wanted to work uh I wanted to do the Super Bowl and right. you know come to find out that you don't just like show up to the arena and then that's there's like a group of people doing the Super Bowl, right? Like there's <laughs> agencies, there's there's a ton of different groups, there's hundreds wow. of different groups that are working on different aspects of that, and so uh, having that exposure to people who knew what they were talking about was super helpful. But also having exposure to kind of how how to kind of polish yourself and make yourself ready to go out and not mm-hmm. seem like you're a college kid who just rolled out of bed and like, you're ready to go and learn. Um, I think, you know, take a minute to, to get grounded and, and make sure you know how you're going to study and what you're going to do for finals and how you're, Mm -hmm. you're going to get through the foundation of school. And then once you have that locked in, I think like the best advice to give is just to start saying yes to things. And even if it doesn't fit, into what you think you're supposed to be doing like the, the weirder, the better. I think that's really where you start to learn mm. what you like and what you don't like. And even if you hate an experience, that's one more thing you know about yourself. Um, and so I think in terms of professional experiences, don't, don't write things off cause they don't seem like they're professional. You you're learning in, in every, uh, in every like aspect whenever you try something new. right so i I would just say go for it like go for whatever it is um, even if it doesn't seem like it's apl- applicable at the time, you'd be surprised uh, how how quickly those those skills can be
0: used. right well and i i have to say i wish i had had an anna swanson to give me advice uh uh for college (laughs) because that uh that that advice of of getting grounded and and understanding how to study and getting your feet under you and all of that wow just fabulous advice um and and before you start saying yes and um and I, i totally agree with everything you just said i mean um, part of my experiences with internships um, were checking off, uh, checking them off and going, OK, I don't want to do that, <laughs> you know, and so mm-hmm. uh, and uh, but that that's part of the learning process. I'll, I, I love that. So so now let's segue into that internship. You know, our, our current students in particular um, really like to hear about. Um, the process and how you got your internship, and um, and uh, and then we'll, and then we'll go from there into your professional career.
1: Yeah, so I actually interned for Rodrigo Espinoza um, at Lonesome George, which I know from listening to his podcast that he talked a little bit about that. So I don't want to go too much into the minutia of what that company actually did,
2: right? Um,
1: but I think the the real takeaway from that was. It was a true startup, and I think uh, you know I've I've lived in San Francisco now for seven years or so. This this trip, um, <laughs> but uh, there's a lot of startups, and I say that with air quotes that uh, are huge. There, you know, they take up right. an entire city block, and they have chefs that make breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and you know they give you huge stipends for all of your equipment that you need if you're working from home and uh you know that's it's those are very exciting places but to work at a true startup that was was in a like storage closet of another company (laughs) and we had to like build build the bookshelves that the inventory went on and we you know we didn't have a blueprint for anything and so you know we Went to a uh, magic, like the biggest fashion trade show in the world, and tried to like sell our goods. And we were salespeople and marketing people. And mm-hmm. sometimes I would help design stuff. And like mm-hmm. it was, um, it was a real eye opening experience to go from a very protected place where everything is kind of hypothetical to this, you, you were immediately seeing the impact of what you were doing because there wasn't a big uh trickle down of people. It was like me, one other guy, and then Rodrigo and his uh cousin Eduardo would come in every once in a while uh, to check in and give us like our our job and our duties. But we were like hustling for, you right. know, a solid six months I worked there. Um and it was just a great, a great learning opportunity. And you know, some of it was stuff you take away and you you were like that's how I want to do it and some of it you're like I would never want to do it that way and I think it's just all equally valuable right. um so it wasn't it wasn't the bright and shiny I know like especially now that the internship program has become so um prevalent and grown so much which is amazing I think you know there are those buzzword places that people want to go work at right. um which are all all just as awesome. But I think there's something to be said about working somewhere that you're helping create it and, wow. and you're learning from the very start how to take steps to make something work and how to uh, push things forward. And um, it was a great, great opportunity. And, um, you know, and then, you know, a couple of years later, I'm at GPJ and I see Rodrigo walk down the hallway and yeah. Didn't know he worked there. <laughs> you know, so right. got an opportunity to work with him again. Right. Um, and he actually introduced me uh to the company and got me my first kind of, you know, uh screening interview with GPJ. So, nice. um, you know, it was a great opportunity in terms of learning and and seeing just kind of soup soup to nuts how something is created. Right. And it was also a great opportunity for me because it made a contact um that helped me get the job I have now that I've been in
0: for six and a half years, right? And and I, I love that story. What a great story, Anna! And um, let, let's talk uh, just a little bit about, if you don't mind, um, how you got connected with with Rodrigo and Lonesome George. Was that because of your leadership with um, with the RPTA club at the time, um, and and um, and Rodrigo being on the advisory council? Is that how you got connected with Lonesome George?
1: Yes. Yeah. So I can't remember if it was in an RPTA meeting or if it was in a class, but he definitely came to something in a classroom that I was in. And right. he and a couple, there was, I think, three people that came and pitched what their internships were. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they had like a sign-up sheet. And I, I, the internship program, from my understanding, just from the outside in at GPJ and knowing people that work very closely on it, it sounds like it's much more uh,
0: official now. Oh, yeah, like, I think oh, yeah it is now. So,
1: you know, it was like three people that came and gave us their elevator pitch. And I, I think I signed up to do all three of them just because, uh-huh. you know, we were getting to that time and right uh, went and met met with everyone. And I actually met with Rodrigo and I came in and, you know, I was very nervous. I was was the first time I was giving someone a resume and really, I mean, other than like my part-time jobs that I had in slow. And he looked at me and he was like, you're late. And my heart like sunk. And i was like, what do you, what do you mean? I'm here 15 minutes early. Like I, I showed him the email and he's like, Oh, oh yeah, I was looking at the wrong thing. And I, I just, he was like, I was I couldn't, I was like so rattled. And he's like, I appreciate your organization though, or something like that. And just, you know, basically said that he appreciated that I was on top of it and uh, kind of started our relationship off on a, on a good foot. Um, you know, just scared the Jesus out of me uh, initially sure. but <laughs> <I'm sure>. um, <laughs> but you know you never know when you can prove your a skill you have you know if you're right. organized or responsible <laughs> right. so you know it was uh, I'll never forget that it, um, and I think he fact. still would go around the office and tell everyone that I was late just to I, get a rise out of me
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> you're like I got the receipts here are the receipts I love it uh, yeah well, so uh, original receipts <laughs> exactly exactly you just keep keep them in your pocket just in case Rodrigo is trying to get a rise out of you right so uh, so let's uh let's fast forward to to your George P Johnson years like you said it's been almost uh, seven years now since you've been working um, in various capacities uh, with with George P Johnson and um, and uh you know, like i said at the beginning I, I can't say enough about the the um the partnership um you know uh chris and and yen and marcel and and rodrigo back when when he was um with with uh, gpj have just been so fabulous in, in forming the uh, professional relationship, and I uh, just want to talk about your experience there. And you, you know, you've risen, um, you, you've gone from from being a senior event coordinator to an event manager to a senior event manager to now a senior account manager. Um, so I'm wondering if you can, um, if you can just talk about um, that progression and and over the last seven years, um, what has uh, you, you know, your generation, um, quite frankly, people switch jobs pretty pretty frequently, right? And so, mm-hmm. I, I'm curious what has um, what has kept you there and, and what has sustained you in terms of um, of of uh, your positions with George P. Johnson.
1: Uh, yeah, I think that it, you're totally right. It is kind of a rarity um, for especially people my age to stay somewhere for such a extended period of time. I know that's not totally accurate. You know, it's it's still only six and a half years, but right. Right. Um, a lot of my friend, a lot of my friends do, they move, you know, every couple of years to a different job. And I think, uh, the two biggest things that have kept me at GPJ, I think, you know, I will say three, um, we do really cool stuff. Yeah. And we we work on programs that are for a hundred thousand people. You know, everything's changed. Of course, this is the caveat that we're we're all redirecting over the course of the last year and a half or so. But right, um, you get. I love that wow moment, and it was it was why I wanted to work on something like the Super Bowl. Like, I love walking in. To a, a big convention center or a street that is completely shut down in San Francisco, and just seeing this insane build out of you know styrofoam waterfalls that have characters on them, and you know, uh, you casually walk into a room and you know there's a a band that you know that has one or two popular songs that's just like playing the opening of a of a conference. Like that that stuff is very addictive and fun. Right. Um, and I, I I think, you know, but that's just the industry. I think what really is keeping me has kept me at GPJ is um first and foremost, I've been very, very lucky with my managers. I've had um all female managers who were incredibly supportive of my career mm. and constantly asking me what I wanted to do next. You know, mm. you did good at this, where do you want to go? And they that support is something that is you can't bottle that up with any one company. like i I am very aware that it's the personalities that I have had the um, the blessing of working with and people that really helped motivate me and push me forward and give me opportunities so that as soon as I kind of start to get a little complacent or comfortable, I have had outside forces that are saying, "Hey, you're good at this, but like you want to do some more." And, and I've had that drive internally too. I mean, I think there's nothing wrong if you find what you love and you want to stick with it. Um, but I personally find that I grow a little bit more and a little straighter if I am pushing myself to do something new and not too comfortable. Um, so that, and then I think the biggest thing that I maybe not would not have, uh, even called out so much, you know, two years ago, three years ago, the, the leadership, um, at the company with, you know, we really, the curtain got pulled back, um, over COVID, you know, everything shut down, you know, all of our events canceled. We were in kind of this limbo and we really got to see how much our leadership cared about the company Mm -hmm. as, as people and not just the bottom line. And, you know, there was a ton of uh, transparency and support and honesty. And, you know, we have come back with a vengeance, Um, you know, events are now back to back to back to back and people are like losing steam and can't wait for the holidays, which, you know, we all knew the pendulum was going to swing. But we had just great leadership, great support, and just really honestly, I felt like I could look at our executive leadership team and know that they were really trying to do what was best for us. And that might still not always result in the best case scenario for someone, but um, you know, just the, their aim was true, I think for them. And I think that just garnered a ton of respect from me, which is something you don't, you hope you never really have to uh, experience or figure out, but it's really, it it really has cemented my my faith in the company um, just, you know, what, what we're doing and the people we're working with, you know, because at the end of the day, we are, No, you know, my uh, current, one of my current managers says nobody ever died from a marketing emergency. Mm. And it's uh-huh. totally true. Um, and it's important to have leadership that will also kind of follow suit there where, you know, we have a bottom line, we have stuff we need to do. We want to accomplish a lot, but at the end of the day, they really care about their people. And um, that's, may not seem like a big deal when you're getting out there and trying to figure out how much money you can make and what the benefits are, but uh you'll you'll find out how important that is and how much of an impact that makes on everything else that you are gonna start looking into and caring about when you're looking for your career.
0: Right. Well, I, I just love hearing you say that because as an outsider, um, you know, it it did seem during the pandemic um like um uh, uh, like George P Johnson's leadership team really cared. And, and, um, it, it, what I was seeing, um, seemed, um, really genuine and, and really transparent and, um, was just really impressed. Um, but it's, it's great to hear, um, it's great to hear that insider perspective and that you felt that, um, that you felt that, um, you know, because what you portray to the public is, can be very different than what you're, what you're portraying to mm-hmm. your, to, to your teams. And so that's, um, that's really fabulous to hear you know i want I want to talk a little bit, Anna. you know you alluded to growing up with a creative side, and so I want to talk a little bit about um, how you've been able to foster that creative side um, through um, your work on the various accounts and the various events um, with um, George P. Johnson experience marketing and and our, if you've had that ability to to tap into that creative side in, in your positions.
1: I think one of the things that took me a minute to learn um, coming into the agency side, and you know, GPJ is is a big uh, company in terms of of agencies. They're global. We've got offices all over the place, uh, so they've got a lot of infrastructure. Um, and I think going in originally, I was in operations. I've since moved to account management. Um, I I felt like I needed to stay. In operations like that was what I was doing and and that's where I really needed to focus and as I've I've grown in the company and um you know touched more projects and gotten to know people um I I realized that you really do not have to be siloed Mm. and uh the there you know because we have a creative team we have a live production team and and when you go into that I think without having experience you it, it seems very clear that like the creative people do creative stuff. And, Mm. you know, this group does this and Mm. it's definitely not the case, at least not um, in my office. Uh, I think, you know, once I got comfortable and I think it was the same thing as I said earlier, like I needed to get my, my bearings, I needed to get my foundation, make sure that I could do what I needed to do. Mm. And then once I did, it was a very easy conversation to, to tell the creative lead. Well, what about if we do something like this? Like mm-hmm. and, and that kind of opened opened everything up for me cuz people are receptive and the team the, the teams that I've worked with, I've been very lucky that they're really collaborative and they want everyone's opinion. And so I get to have that exposure to creative stuff whenever I I want to. I just have to put my kind of put my hat in the ring and and start the conversation. Right. Um, and, and, and creativity isn't just, uh, you know, something that you, you draw or paint, or, you know, it's not the, always the colorful thing. The creative aspect can come from, we have 50,000 people and, um, we have open breakout sessions and we have one corridor. How are we going to make sure that we don't right. have a fire marshal emergency and, you know, right creativity. Creativity comes in a lot of different forms, and I think Good when point. you start thinking of it like that, you re- you realize how often you actually get to engage that part of your brain. Um, I think it's just really about perspective.
0: Right, right. So when you when you think about your seven years at George P. Johnson, is there um, uh, is there a, a moment or uh, a an event or a program or or an account? Um, that that you're most proud of is is there is there something that that you could uh, you could point us to whether it be a moment or or an event?
1: Um, gosh, that one's tough. Um, I have I worked on a program for five cycles. It was the first thing that I ever did. Um, it was what I got hired at GPJ to do, um, and I think by the time I got to that fifth fifth cycle, there were some stuff that happened, um, you know, once we got on site, which is inevitable. Mm -hmm. Um, but I kind of got to take a little bit more of the reins and and experience a little bit more. And it was, uh, right as I was going into this new side of the business on the account side. Mm -hmm. Um, and I kind of got thrown into doing a little bit of that and, and it was like, all right, let's see if if we've got what it takes to make this move. Um, and I think that that last event with that, um, account was just really bittersweet because I, I kind of got to spread my wings a little bit and I worked with a lot of that team a uh, year round uh-huh. for all five cycles. And, you know, I had to, it was kind of, it was like graduating from college, you know, it was right. like the end right. of an era. Um, and it was just, an amazing event and it was, you know, uh bittersweet. I went right into the next program. I think I flew from from San Diego to Chicago to meet my new team. Um, but I think that was a pretty pretty pivotal one. I think it, you know, it it kind of marked the start of a new chapter for me at GPJ. Right. And, you know, the end of a really great
0: one. Right. Right. Well, well let's talk about that new chapter and um and, and what's your you know, I, obviously, I know um, from from uh, from talking to so many different people in our industry and, and teaching um, a, as well that 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 no two days are, are the same. And that's one of the things that, that <laughs> makes uh, that's one of the things that makes it so exciting. Right. And and um, and, and draws us to these um, to these environments. Um but if you, if you, if you could sum up your day in a nutshell, like what, do, what, what does Anna do on a, on a normal day to day? What's your, what's your, um, what's your, which is, is there any normal routine or, or how does, how does it, <laughs> how does it go? <laughs> Especially in this, um, so, you know, in this post COVID or, or this, uh, this sort of, um, not, I get, we're not post COVID this, um this sort of post, uh, what, how, how would we refer to it? Um, mid post, mid to post. Uh, I don't know what you call it. We're
1: like, are we in the appendix yet? (laughs) Yeah, I
0: know. Right. That's there you go. Are we in the appendix? I would like to be in the appendix. Right. (laughs) Right.
1: (laughs) Um, uh, I'm so sorry. Um, I, I think no two days, are the same for like the last since March of 2020. Like, I think we would, we would have much more consistency prior to that where like I knew, you know, I had two events that year and I would start to get busy at this point and we would have site visits at this point. And, uh, you know, the last, really the last year, um, it's kind of been like, we, we get on a new project. And we dive in and, and the cycles for a live event are usually, you know, a year. And we have gone to digital where it could be two months. And that doesn't mean, I think the biggest, the biggest, um, farce that people have really clung to as we transition to digital is, well, there's nothing physical, so you can do this all a lot faster.
2: Uh-huh. And
1: it's, we're finding that's really not the case. Um, but I, I've I've done probably three net new projects over the course of the the last year, um, and it's it's really everyone is is kind of in the dark as we start these things, which is the biggest thing that makes every day different. Right. It's kind of like here's we won this business. Uh, they're not really sure what their agenda is going to be, or. <laughs> how long the program's going to be, but we're just going to start working on it now and nobody knows anything. And we're going to try to figure out a solution to make it a huge success, um, which everyone has been doing a great job at, you know, it's like pulling a rabbit out of hat, but um, it's really, it's really much less settled currently because I think we're innovating at such a, a quick speed that, It feels like every day is a little bit the same because we don't get that exposure to travel like we used to and we don't get to go into the office and like that part um, is obviously much calmer. But I I couldn't tell you when I wake up in the morning what's going to come my way, especially Mm -hmm. working on the account side, uh, because a lot of my job is just kind of being the the top of the pyramid in terms of like a rumbling of something going on Mm -hmm. so by the time it gets to me it's usually an issue
2: (laughs) (laughs) right which i
1: actually um i actually really enjoy that part i love the problem solving aspect of my job and uh i think we all we all experience that no matter what role you're playing in an event um but i i do i love i love the not knowing and not being able to say, you know, this is going to be exactly the same five years from now, because it's definitely not, it won't be a year from now. Right. Um, it's, I think the hardest part as an event professional and someone who works in events that are traveling all the time has been being stationary. I think that's the biggest <laughs> the right. biggest challenge.
0: Right. And so you, you've come around full circle now, right? So you're putting out fires just like that.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I know. I was. Uh, it's actually something that we've talked about.
0: Yeah, I have? Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: I. It's more my family because
2: uh-huh.
1: because of my exposure to him and and you know hearing his stories and my yeah. uncle and my grandfather now my brother and my yeah. cousins are I have two nurses nurse cousins and
2: all right um,
1: I think hearing all those stories when something comes up on an event I can't get that bothered about it because right. i just have this constant enduring voice in the back of my head saying like it did anyone lose a finger is somebody hurt or is did the flowers not show up like we can figure this out right um so i think it's been a real benefit to me in terms of just i being able to to take those challenges on um and and not get too rattled
0: right Right well I I love what you said. I think you were quoting one of your managers but uh that that uh no one ever died from a marketing emergency. That's uh that's a really great yep. <laughs> uh, that's a really great thing to remember and um you know I have in in uh in doing this podcast I, I get to talk to so many of 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 you amazing event planners and event managers and um just the the cool and calm under pressure that you that you have and being able to 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 put out fires and to to you know solve problems. It's such a such a great quality. And and you know, I I'm one of those that that's why I'm not an an event planner because I get rattled and you can see you you can (laughs) see that on my face. Like the students know like when I, you know, when I'm in the classroom and the the wire doesn't work for the presentation to like get up. I start getting like agitated and like sweat starts coming, and <laughs> they, they start hearing me like mutter F bombs and stuff. And then, then they're like, oh man, is this guy going to explode? <laughs> you know, and, uh, and, it, and, and it's just a presentation, you know, in the classroom. But uh, so, um, uh, you know, I, um, I, I just want to, I want to thank you so much, Anna, for your time today. I know we're, we're running up on, um, um, we're running up on the time here, but, I uh, just want to thank you so much for taking the time and, um, you know, just, just also want to say, uh, really appreciate George P. Johnson and, and, um, the incredible support that you guys have given us um, over the years, and um, look forward to continuing um, the long relationship. And you know, one of the things I think is important, and I, I want to say to you, and 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 I think it's important for other people to hear that even though it, it may not, um, even though it may not be necessarily the norm these days to stay with an organization for a longer period of time. Um, there's absolutely nothing wrong with it whatsoever. If, um, if you are being challenged on a day-to-day basis and if you are being able to, um, you know, uh, grow in your position and what you said there, um, about the managers that you've had and, and, um, and, and your arc is, is just really impressive. And, um, You know, I hope. uh, I hope it's another twenty years that you are with uh, George B. Johnson, and (laughs) and we can talk again. uh, Maybe we can talk again, like uh, right before your retirement or something. I don't know. Uh, uh, (laughs) If that uh, ever (laughs) happens. Right, 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 right. But, um, but you know, it's it's just. I, I think it's. I think it's impressive, and so I don't want you to think that I was trying to give undertones of like, what are you doing? Why are you still there? You know, I, I think it's, I think it's really great. And, um, and that's one of the reasons why I wanted to invite you to the podcast. So thanks so much for sharing with us today. And, um, and, uh, yeah, just appreciate it.
1: Thank you so much for having me. Um, and yeah, I think just to your point to reiterate, I think, you know, just be running towards a goal. It doesn't necessarily mean you have to run away from, from where you are. Right. Um, because it definitely has. I've gotten the growth that I've wanted. And so I I definitely um, don't take any offense to uh, anything anyone has to say about me working there for that period of time and continuing to work there. Um, uh, And I I just have to say one more thing. I am very excited um, to hear that we're, we're getting back to the internship program here soon. We are all eagerly awaiting our new batch of interns to help us with our programs. So can't, can't wait. Hopefully I'll, I'll see some, some Cal Poly alum here soon. Um, but just so, so excited. You can't even put into words.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then, um, uh, we, we are excited as well. And so for, for those who, who are listening, um, um, we're, uh, you know, we'll be we're, we're continuing the internship program and um, Yen and, and Marcel and their leadership along those lines and, and working with with Dr. Rue and um, and others has just been great. And, um, yeah, we're just so excited. Obviously, we'll be um, opening up the uh, Experience Innovation Lab here in the next year. Um, of, of which George uh, P. Johnson is a, is a founding partner. And so that's gonna be exciting. That's gonna create all new opportunities as well. So exciting times ahead and look forward to, to working with you more. So um, thanks so much. Appreciate you paying it forward. Have an awesome day. Thank you. See ya.